Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 17th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have some great news to cover, a bit of behind-the-scenes audio to listen to, a trip into the Visitor Center where Dan Caron brings a topic to discuss, a small listener segment, and we'll wrap it up with an introduction to next week's poll. So let's start things off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access main program. Access main security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Lego Dimensions is coming to Systems Everywhere September 27th and joining it on the shelves the same day is the Jurassic World Team Pack. Lego Dimensions intertwines the likes of Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Wizard of Oz, Doctor Who, Jurassic World, and tons more. Using the minifigures, you can enter a different dimension and play with characters from your favorite series. The Jurassic World Team Pack comes with Owen Grady, a raptor, the gyrosphere, and an ACU trooper. The voice cast also features the likes of Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Irfan Khan, Ty Simpkins, and Nick Robinson. It looks like it's going to be a seriously immersive game, so make sure to pick up the Jurassic Pack on the 27th. I provided a link to the Amazon page in the show notes. The Lost Valley Dinosaur Adventure Zone at the IMG Worlds of Adventure has brought in 69 dinosaurs for the new indoor theme park. Also in this section of the park, it will have the Velociraptor, a new launch coaster that will propel thrill seekers 100 kilometers per hour in 2.5 seconds. And the biggest loop on this ride is topping off at 105 feet. It probably won't open until the end of 2016, so make sure to save up your money and head out to Dubai to check this place out. You can find a few links to more information in the show notes. The Jurassic Park ride in Universal Studios Japan has taken even more shape over the past few weeks. You can even see a bit of the new sign in one of the pictures. The coaster is taking some serious heights now and it looks to give riders a decent drop. This project won't be finished until 2016, so uh, hopefully they have some time to add some nice theming elements to tie it into Jurassic Park a bit more. I posted a link to Screamscape.com who originally posted the article. Check it out. HuffingtonPost.com has a great write-up on the raptors from Universal Studios. Journalist Jim Hill points out the different personalities of each raptor and also gives a bit of the history behind the Jurassic Park section of the parks. It's a great piece, so I highly suggest you go click on the link to the article in the show notes. 
On Twitter, at RealTorsHawaii has been posting a ton about the upcoming press junket that's being held within the Indominus Rex paddock for the new Blu-ray release. There's been a bit of construction and upkeep in the area in the past few weeks, so hopefully it's being restored to near film quality, as it has deteriorated since filming the movie. I never really seen something put together so big for a DVD release, so I look forward to seeing what happens. Make sure to follow Realtors Hawaii on Twitter and see if they get into the event and share it with the Jurassic community. This one comes straight from YouTube. Dino Reviews 101 recently made a video stating that the Jurassic World toy line has been canceled. But uh, that was all due to some uh, misinterpreted information, so apparently it's not canceled. No harm, no foul. Continuing the video trend, Flattened Snake Films goes on to dispel the rumor. Chris got into contact with Hasbro and they uh, settled the dispute. Toy line seems to be fine for now, even though it's underproduced, but continuing nonetheless. We'll see what happens this fall and winter. Hopefully they can create a better version of uh, the previous lines and uh, get it out to the fans who've been dying for something great. This week we have a clip from the Jurassic World behind the scenes featurettes. Um, It features some of the cast members describing what it was like to work on the film. You'll hear from Irfan Khan, Omar C, Ty Simpkins, and many more. Take a listen to the clip. You're sure there's nobody else who can fly a helicopter? We don't need anyone else. Irfan Khan, Omar C. Both of the boys, Ty Simpkins, Nick Robinson, these are all great actors. B.D. Wong came back from the first film to play his role again. And I found that all of these people just really wanted to be there. I just thought the idea was great. You know, we've never seen a full functioning park. And I was just very excited about that. I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. Everyone has had that moment where I've seen that little kid come on in their eyes and they're just like, this, this is like playtime. This is like, this is the best. Did you guys meet yet, by the way? Yeah, I just want yeah. to come say, hey, I'm Chris. Hey, right. How nice you doing? Nice to meet you. How nice are you? you? I'm well, yeah. thank you. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Sometimes you are on big set and you feel like you are, big, you are doing a big movie because you, 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 you feel the pressure. But here, it's not like that because of Colin. He's a special man. The way he deals with the actors, is, he finds a moment if he wants to nudge you, it's very delicate. And it has a lot of affection and friendliness. I really, really admire that, and as an actor, you need that. One of the best things I learned from that clip was that the uh, character of Barry, his name is Omar C. Colin says it right there in the clip. Uh, I've been pronouncing it Omar Sai this whole time, so sorry, Omar, I've been pronouncing your name wrong. So uh, hopefully now I'll just get it right from now on. Make sure to pick up Jurassic World on Blu-ray to see even more behind the scenes when it comes out on October 20th. Find the link to the video in the show notes. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where I join Dan Karan to discuss the character's thoughts on the rise and fall of Jurassic World. Hey, so Brad, I actually had a, uh, a topic I wanted to discuss with you this week. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, it was um, something popped in my head the other day. I was thinking, you know, what would some of the older characters that we're already familiar with um, from, from Jurassic Park, um, The Lost World, and, and also Jurassic Park 3, what, what would they think about uh, the park that finally, you know, came about in, in Jurassic World? And, and how would they feel about that park? And how would they feel about the park, um, you know, once, once everything, you know, once the chaos ensued? I like this. What characters are we doing? Uh, well, let's start with the first movie. Um, let's, let's start with Alan Grant. Huh. Grant. What does he? What does he think about the park opening? Um, well, I think he obviously hated the fact that it would probably be opening, and um, I don't know. He probably would have been right there to boycott it. Uh, but uh, I think you know, as the the chaos ensued, I think he's just like, well. You know, it had it coming. I knew it was going to happen. I told you it was going to happen, and it happened. So, really, I think that's where he stands, probably. Yeah, I mean, I know in in, in the first movie, we you know we we leave with him saying he's uh you know not going to endorse the park, and and uh, he comes back in Jurassic Park three, and and he's not willingly, uh, not willingly, exactly, and um you know he's he goes through a, a bunch of a stuff of stuff there as well. Um, you know, and, and I feel like, um, you know, he's, he's probably pretty negative toward it. But I also feel that he has, um, you know, a, a pretty, uh, like an undying love for, for these dinosaurs and, and a respect for them. So I feel like he'd, he'd almost be one of the ones that's more intrigued by the idea, um, especially if, you know, that there were, um, you know, if they, they did learn from some of these mistakes. I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like he would have been a little bit more on board um, in terms of, of that list of mine um but I, I thought that would be yeah you know maybe they they could have brought him on in some kind of capacity like they did in the original movie you know like i'm gonna stay home i'm not gonna go to the island i already know what you have there uh, but here's a checklist of things that need to be done um before i sign off on this park yeah you know, maybe maybe he kind of like uh you know gave a list of things that needs to be done before uh, anybody can be let there you know let in yeah, I feel like of all the characters that, that we've been introduced to so far, he, he would probably be one of the ones uh, that was probably more willing to, to go along with this. Yeah, and I think you, you touched on it before. He, uh, he has such a love for these things. And obviously, um, in Jurassic Park 3, he continued lecturing. And uh, I guess he probably continued writing books and, and obviously digging up uh, fossils and stuff like that. So he definitely still loves them. I think you're right. Maybe maybe he did have something to do with it. So moving right down the list, what, what do you think about uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler? Huh. I feel like I feel like she got out of the the um, botany aspect of her career. I feel like she moved on. She started raising her kids or kid. Um, yeah, I really don't. I don't know. I don't think. Um, I don't think she really was too phased by it in the third film. You know, she she kind of just... Um, I mean, they did have that discussion at the dinner table. Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. She kind of just mentioned, like, oh, do you you know, do you know remember the sounds, and the, the sounds that they made? Um, but her eyes almost lit up when, when, you know, they started talking about that. It's almost yeah. like, you know, I, I, she, she, she definitely did start to establish her, her more personal life, right? But mm-hmm. it seemed like like that light came back, and and um, I thought that she she could maybe have some, you know, um, 
bit of excitement, but just like a, you know, total and utter fear uh, of ever, you know, being affiliated with such a thing. But yeah, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the two of them definitely like roll in their sleep every night as they, they have nightmares about the, uh, the incidents have, that have occurred. You know, she only has one island's worth of uh, memories. He's got two. So I think, um, I think both the, the two of them obviously laughed, you know, oh, maybe they didn't laugh because people died, but um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a bad way to put it, but they definitely um, knew it would happen. I think that, I think that's safe to say. So the next, next one came to mind for me was uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, um, yeah. you know, and I, and I started to try, trying to think about what he would, how he would feel about, um, you know, this type of thing again. And, and I, I, I'm curious to see what you would, uh, what you would say. Um, well, obviously he's very preachy. Everything's mm-hmm. chaos. It's always chaos. It is chaos. Um, you know, he continues to write books. Whether or not those books are pertaining to his his uh, events on the island, and I don't know, but um, yeah, he would definitely be the first one I think to come forward and be like, no, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. We're not opening another park, and I'm have nothing to do. With it. <laughs> I mean, it, it it seems like it would almost have to be um, you know part of his his experience on the islands, right? It's God creates dinosaurs, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's one yeah. of his direct quotes. Oh yeah, I guess I um, guess you're right there. Yeah, the title of the book does kind of make reference to that fact. It's not just about chaos anymore. It's uh, dinosaurs same, and chaos, I guess. Exactly, but at the same time, you know, he does have um, you know a few different uh, um, experiences as well on these islands mm-hmm. uh, and on both, right? So I feel like um, you know he, he's definitely um, you know more of a, a skeptic when it comes to. Um, you know, the genetic modification of dinosaurs. And I feel like he totally would have been, um, you know, 100% not on board with, with um, you know, mutating these dinosaurs and, and yeah. you know, essentially playing God again, yeah. right? He, he was the first one to, to really doubt the park, you know, like to doubt the creations that they made, um, just the business model that they had. Um, so I think, you know, it's not going to change. And and in the second movie, he was, he, he wanted no part of going to that Island. He just basically said like, John, are you out of your mind? Like, do not send people to that Island. Um, that is a bad idea. Um, but he got forced into going there, you know, much like Grant, they both got forced into going to Sorna. Um, so, you know, yeah, he would obviously be right on the front doorstep saying, no, do not go there. This is a bad idea. These are not dinosaurs. They are genetically modified hybrids that are, you know, monsters. So, yeah, he's definitely uh, part of the crew of Grant, Ellie, and uh, and him. Uh, being at the forefront, probably, you know, picketing the, uh, the, the gates of Jurassic World. You know, but I, I almost, th- you know, kind of get a, another feeling from, from uh, Malcolm as well where – um, you know, he did have more of a, um, you know, personal, um, like more of like an emotional almost of involvement with the dinosaurs there. Um, you know, especially with, with the baby T-Rex and, you know, there was a lot more like personal interaction, you know, um, yeah. trying to save this dinosaur, you know, I, I originally wasn't, um, you know, part of, of that plan, but, you know, he did start to, 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 
you know, interact a bit more. And, and I feel like he, uh, you know, maybe, you know, had a, had a change of, of spirit. You know? yeah, 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 he definitely in, interjected himself into the story more by, um, you know, trying to save that, that baby T-Rex and also to, you know, to let the, um, uh, I forget specifically, did he let those dinosaurs loose? I know, um, you know, Nick Van Owen was there, but was he there? I forget. I can't pinpoint off the top of my head. But anyway, their, their group of people let those dinosaurs loose, you know, that were all encaged by InGen, uh, about to be taken out um, to San Diego. So, but I think the whole the baby T Rex thing. I don't think that was so much um, like, "Hey, look at me! I'm doing good with the world." I think it was more of like, "I need to save myself. These T Rexes are going to come for us. They're going to kill us. We need to fix this right now yeah. and get that baby Rex back to safety." And the same thing, you know, he did it on the island, and I think he did it again. And he knew how to manipulate bleh, manipulate that that T Rex into getting back to where he wanted it in the ship by uh, dragging the baby Rex, you know, along with him. Yeah, but I feel like there was a, you know, a sense that probably could have ditched that baby Rex, right? Um, and, and maybe made off, you know, fine by himself. So I feel like there was a little bit of a personal interaction and like a, a personal calling yeah, um, I know a little bit. I don't he's know. definitely a good guy. Maybe that's... Maybe that's just me, but um, <laughs> no, I think he's a good guy. But I'm wondering if that, if that right changes thing. his. Uh, yeah, but I wonder if that changes his attitude about the dinosaurs, and it makes him almost more, um, you know, curious about what what could happen in maybe a more controlled setting. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, you know, we, we unfortunately don't don't get to see John Hammond in, in Jurassic World, right? No. But um, you know, how do you think he would feel about? the park that did open um maybe maybe not so the the preparation Um, piece but um do you think he would have been in favor um and and been happy to to see his statue um on the island i don't you know i think i had this discussion before i don't know if it was on here or on twitter um but Ms. ronnie says something along the lines of like you know hammond entrusted me with his you know his his baby essentially you know he entrusted me to do the right thing and i think he almost misconstrues hammond's words you know at the end of the lost world hammond is saying we need to create a biological preserve for these animals you know it's not to interact with them but to you know to let life find a way you know to let Mm -hmm. life do its own thing and to not um you know touch everything not to to get involved so I think Mizrani is saying, you know, like, oh, Hammond wanted me to start a new park and to get things running again and to make money. But I don't think that's, I think he maybe like heard Hammond say one thing, which was, I need you to take care of this. I need you to watch over the island and to do the right thing for these dinosaurs. And then Mizrani, his gears are turning in his head and he's saying, okay, do the right thing. So start a new park make money do all these things yeah and i think I, kinda, that, I think that's not where hammond wanted him to go with the park so that's what, yeah that's what my thoughts are no i kind of agree with you i think that you know hammond had his his best intentions in mind um you know when 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 building these parks right um but at the same time i feel like you know he, 
he could have maybe misconstrued it in a way, you know, where, where, where when you're given that much power, you know, to, you know, do these these powerful things and, and create these massive living things, it, you know, you, you might, you know, your mind might go elsewhere and start to <laughs> yeah, think Yeah, I think you're a little things. distracted by what the possibilities are. Yeah. You know, if he's a businessman, obviously he's only thinking about, you know, the business route and how much money he can make. And he hears John Hammond say those things, but that's not really what he was thinking. And I think that's, you know, that's probably what Hammond would have, he would have wanted just, you know, a biological preserve. You know, he changed his mind after the first movie and he just wanted these animals to live life, you know, uninterfered. Yeah, but I also think that, you know, he did have his best intentions in mind, um, you know, even, even in Jurassic World, I think that, you know, he he, he wasn't yeah. you know one hundred percent about uh, the the money um, no, you know yeah, aspect right. of things, but he did have you know almost Hammond's um, uh, in uh, you know mindset when when handling certain things. Yeah. So he did um, say you know it's not always all about the costs; it's about you know the look in the dinosaur's eyes. Do you see that they're happy? Um, are you the workers exactly. happy? Um, but I think that's part of being a businessman and, and, and understanding that happy dinosaurs, happy workers create a happy environment and more business. So <laughs> I feel like every every um, every aspect of his his discussion there with Claire is about making money. You know, even though he seems sincere. Yeah, no, I agree. How about um, you know? Unfortunately, we don't get the pleasure of uh, seeing him in, in any of the other movies. But Gennaro, do you think he would have been happy that uh, Jurassic <laughs> World may have had a, 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 a coupon day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a lawyer. I mean, he wants anything he can get his hands on to make some money. And obviously, he was fully invested in Jurassic Park. Oh, you know, totally. Right? Like, he, he was all about, oh, we could do... We could do this. We could do that. We could make money here. We could charge people ten thousand dollars a day. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Uh, you know. So, if things went fine, if you know, obviously, um, obviously, if things went fine, none of this would have happened. Jurassic Park would have been in business, and he would have been making tons of money. But, um, but yeah, I think um, he was probably too terrified, though. You know. If he lived through the events of Jurassic Park, I think he would have been a little too terrified to, to even you know go near Hammond ever again. You know? I mean, I don't think we even saw a dinosaur before he left that that car and and you know. Yeah, we we saw the the Triceratops, but non-threatening situation. You know, it was, Very it was true. sick. Um, Very so, true. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, we didn't see any threatening dinosaurs. So. So let's say he he goes in that bathroom, and the T Rex never noticed and never chased and you know never went over there, um, you know, and he just walked out and, never, and you know the rain stopped and he, he found his way back to the visitor center and the helicopter picked him up. Um, I still think he would have been absolutely terrified. He would have said, "No, no, this is a terrible idea. I'm a lawyer. Look at all the lawsuits. This is all the things that are going to happen." He would have said no right off the bat, but he didn't get a shot. And I think he would have, um, he would have also been one to say, I told you so. Yeah. He's saying yeah. it from, you know, up or down, wherever he is. So how about Tim and Lex? Uh, how, how do you think they would have felt about a, a park opening? 
Uh, and keep in mind that, you know, Tim was, um, you know, all about dinosaurs growing up and, and he was still young with his first interactions, which were, you know, pretty terrifying. Uh, same with Lex, right? But how do you think they would have felt about, um, you know, a, another park opening um, and, uh, you know, the, the effects of what we did see in Jurassic World? Yeah, this is a real tough one, I think. Um, on one hand, I could say Tim and Lex are probably fine. They seemed well-adjusted in, in the Lost World when you saw them for a few seconds there. They seemed fine. Um, but on the other hand, I can I could see, you know, when you have a terrifying moment as a child, it kind of sticks with you. And, you. and sometimes later in life, you're like, why, why am I afraid of this one thing? You know, whether it be, you know, sp- spiders or the ocean or, you know, something something random. And then you think back to when you were a kid and you're like, well, I think it was that. I think that thing scared me. So they could be pretty terrified. You know, he loved dinosaurs, but, you know, now he's got this horrible memory in his mind that completely drives him away from dinosaurs and and reading and and all that stuff that he was into as a kid. But um, I don't know. I'm on the fence here. I feel like they're probably okay, but... I guess you really never know with a child's mind whether it's going to be affected or not. Yeah, something makes me feel that, um, you know, be, being you know the grandkids of, of John Hammond, that they're probably pretty exposed to this even after, um, you know, the whole uh, initial event at, at Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. yeah so right. I feel like I feel like you know them having those experiences. Yeah, they were terrifying, and yeah, they were they were pretty, um, you know, real. But um, at the same time, um, you know, that, I, I feel like that probably wasn't their only exposure to um, that whole um, world. Yeah, you know? and you, you have to imagine that, um, like, take, take, for instance, our, our world. You know, if, if this was to happen here in real life, there would be so much news and uh, so many, like, uh, you know, helicopter shots or, you know, people trying to get as close as possible to document this stuff. And, uh, you know, basically like TMZ, Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know, like this stuff would be everywhere. It would be plastered everywhere, I would, I would assume. You know, maybe not from Jurassic Park on to, to the Lost World because um, people kind of, you know, associated it like, like ghosts or something. You know, like, ooh, ah. You know, um, like that guy in the subway, you know, he, he's like, rawr, you know, trying to like taunt Malcolm. <laughs> so I don't think people really believed that it happened. But yeah. after the Lost World, they obviously believed, you know, this stuff is real. This is something to be afraid of. So then I would I would assume that this is being covered like crazy, you know, that the helicopter was following those, the, the boats and uh, the mm-hmm. military all out to, to Sorna to drop off the Rexes. And, um, you know, in, in Jurassic Park 3, there's obviously, like, tourism companies, like... Doing paragliding or something, you know, on the shores of uh, Sorna there. So, yeah. you know, I think this is there's a lot of exposure and a lot of hushed stories pertaining to this. So I, I do think um, I do think they would be exposed to it. Yeah. All right. So so moving on to um, some of the characters from uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park. What do you think of um, how Nick Van Owen would have felt about something like this? Ah, uh, Nick. Nick, I think um, honestly, I don't. I think I may have mentioned it before, but he, I, I doubt he's phased 
You know, I don't mm-hmm. think he's phased at all. He's he's kind of like a go-getter. You know, he's he's obviously been in the field before. Uh, so I think he would be he'd be open to it. You know, and I'm sure he'd be want he'd want to be there to document the experience to to do all that. I think he'd be all for it. You know, and, and then once it goes south, um, same thing. Honestly, I think he would be there to get on the ground floor to make sure you know he's the one covering it getting his awards and his prizes and um yeah i think he's unfazed because he's he's just he's used to that maybe not dinosaurs but he's used to chaos i would say yeah i i definitely think he's you know um you know he's definitely like a a risk taker and you know an experienced uh documentarian um, and like photojournalist, and he yeah. he's probably been in, in some pretty rough stuff before, and um, obviously he was at uh, Isla Sorna, so I feel like he'd he'd probably want to get a taste of this too. Um, so I, I feel like he'd be pretty on board for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what do you think of uh, Roland Timbo and uh, you know having hearing about this park and and <laughs> that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, Roland, I don't. I don't know a specific quote at the end of uh, the Lost World, but he said so- he said something like he's spent too much time in the company of death. Yes. So he he's not going to be, you know, he, there's no role for him at the San Diego Park, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the route he took. So I think he, I don't know, I, I really feel like it's essentially a non-issue for him. He's just like, well. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, just whatever. You know, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, he's probably, you know, so, I don't know, some jungle doing something. You know, <laughs> he was he was an insane dude. But um, <laughs> I don't I don't think he'd really be too concerned. You know, he's got his own priorities. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, that exactly what that, that quote that you just mentioned. I feel like he's probably not on board. Um, and I mean. He probably doesn't mind one way or another if, if someone else is doing it, but yeah, um, he's most likely not a uh, a party to the new park. No, yeah, I don't think he's a supporter, but you know, I don't think he's going to be like, no, don't go to that park. That's a bad idea. I just think he's like, what, like, all right, whatever. So, you know, in, in Jurassic Park three, um, obviously we, we we see Alan Grant, um, but we we also know that. Um, uh, Billy Brennan, you know, gets in in you know to s- some some uh, rough situations himself, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you think he would feel? I mean, he he was a pretty adventurous guy as well, and yeah, um, he he was uh, you know Grant's right hand man, and he he had a love for these dinosaurs as well. So I feel like um, you know he he could have been a uh, you know almost in the in the Nick Van Owen uh, category where he he's probably like excited. You know, and yeah, and yeah, he, he's definitely got some cuts and bruises and probably a concussion. But um, <laughs> absolutely, you know, you know, he. I think he's probably, um, you know, ready to get back up and, and you know tackle this one next. Yeah, I think you're right. He um, he's outgoing. He's adventurous. You know, he's he's got his lucky pack. He's got um, oh no wait, lucky pack was Sarah. Never mind. Um, well, it was her lucky pack, right? Yeah, her lucky pack. What was his? He had um, his camera bag. Yeah, his camera bag. But it was like lucky strap or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Lucky strap. Yeah. 
All right, so he's got his lucky strap. I don't, I don't know. So he's he's an adventurous guy. Um, Good one, Brad. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> uh, we don't have to talk about Billy. It's okay. No, no, no. Keep it. Keep it. Uh, how... No, no. Keep it. Um, he would certainly be open to you know checking it out and um, you know I don't know I don't know if he's gonna like sneak backstage and try to steal some more raptor eggs or something but let's hope not yeah no that would be a bad idea but I think he um, I think he'd be fine he seems well adjusted and unlike Grant you know they may work side by side you know I don't know if you know after the events of Jurassic Park 3 whether they work together or not because some pretty harsh things were said between the two of them Mm -hmm. um you know, maybe maybe got over him, maybe didn't, but um, you know, I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be well adjusted enough to go back and maybe visit the park as a guest, um, and just to see, you know, because I feel like he would probably want to further his research. You know, he did he did a lot to get that uh that three D printer working, and um, you know, he knew the the raptor calls and everything, so I think he'd want to go back and see it firsthand again. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. I feel like he's uh, probably one of the more intrigued, um, you know, characters that, that we've, we've met so far in, in, in these three films that, that, that would really be, uh, you know, pretty interested in going back. Yeah, I honestly, pro- I mean, I, I listed on my top ten, but I definitely want to see him back. He, he's an interesting character, and out of the characters in that movie, like, he's the one I'd want back the most, you know, I I don't know. I'd probably take him. No, I don't know. Ugh, I don't know if I'd take him over Grant, but I'd love to see him back. I think he was real interesting and, and a great character. So, last but certainly least, uh, the Kirby's. <laughs> what do you think of? Uh, you know, I I mean, this question really pertains to Eric, right? Uh, okay. Eric Kirby. Um, I actually recently noticed that he was in uh, uh, The Sixth Sense the other day. He's, he's that, that bully kid. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, he is. I had no idea. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Eric Kirby, you know, I, I feel like, you know, he, he once he was on, uh, you know, the second island, he was he was fending for himself. He, you know, sort of, um, you know, got a feel for, for the different dinosaurs. And, and yeah, he, he had his own run-ins as well, um, yeah. you know, but... But do you think he, you know, he's like interested by this, or do you think he's like totally, you know, not about this at all? I'm gonna kind of go the dark route. I think like, I Is think he, dead? he probably no 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 he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's too dark, too dark. Yeah, that's pretty dark. I yeah, think okay. I think he's probably got some PTSD. You know, like oh, he man. he was essentially in like a war zone and he looked tattered. You know, and he he had uh, T Rex P which is essentially acted as a grenade, you know, to, you know, to either call in others or scare off others. I forget exactly. But, um, uh, yeah, he, w- I think he's going to have some bad dreams. So and... you're going like the Jumanji route, like the full out. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's going to, yeah. he's going to have the, the Robin Williams vibe, um, from gotcha. that film. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be covered in leaves. Um, <laughs> he's going to have a giant beard. Um, I definitely see that happening for him. And I feel like his parents are going to have a hard time. They're like, finally, finally we have our family back together. We're going to be a well-adjusted couple and a well-adjusted son and and parents. But no, I think things are going to go wrong. And he's going to be crazy. 
I, I yeah. could see some bad stuff happening with Eric. Probably, yeah. So, so as far as as the park though, um, I he, think he would he, he, he would be this kind. It? He would be the kind of guy to to like break in and <laughs> and, and, and kind of like make sure things went wrong. Oh man! All right. So maybe this was all his fault. Yeah, like so let's let's see. Spin what, on. Yeah, I think he, you know, he probably he, he was at fault the, the whole thing. So his thoughts after the park are satisfied. Yes, absolutely. Okay. He's All very right. happy because he's like, look, I'm one of, you know, ten people that made it off the original two islands. Mm. Um, I got it. You guys don't. Let's see what you got. He's he's essentially creating like, like a saw type scenario in his own mind. You know, he's like. Let's see what happens when I cut some of these dinosaurs loose. That's pretty dark. And I, right. That's honestly, I, I think that's where it's going. That's where it's going. So you know, those, Eric those is a deep, old... really dark person right now. <laughs> so those are basically all the uh, characters that I could come up with uh, off the top of my head here. And um, I was wondering if you had uh, any others that you'd want to discuss. No, I think um, I think we covered really the most uh, vital characters. Um, so I think I think we really covered the list, you know. I mean, if anybody else has any, you know, maybe uh, send us some on Twitter. Yeah, send us some of your reactions and how you think they'd uh, maybe maybe uh, react to, to a new park being opened or, or any other characters as well. Yeah. But Brad, before we leave, one other question. Um, you, you mentioned uh, during our Billy uh, discussion, um, you know, how he'd react to, uh, you know, as a guest at the park. Yeah. Um, do you think, you know, given given all the ones that we've uh, discussed so far, do you think any of them would come back as a guest, or you know, are there any uh, any that you think would definitely not? I think, obviously, Billy. Like I said, Eric is going back to cause chaos, so he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna need a, a you know a ticket. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly. No, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. You know, like Grant said, there's no way that you can get me to, get, to step foot back on that island. And mm-hmm. Ian essentially said the same thing in the Lost World, but there was a way and he got on the island. So unless they, you know, unless Kelly gets on the island again or Sarah gets on the island, I don't know if they're still together. He's got many ex-wives. Um, mm. He's always looking for the next future. Yeah. Ex Mrs. Malcolm. Exactly. So who knows who he's with now? But maybe his new ex is uh, or, or current, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. But I doubt. I doubt there's any chance you could get any of those characters on the island. You know, even though it's been running smoothly for ten years, there's still no chance. Okay. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for talking about that with me, bro. No problem. Thanks for coming. recently heard Sabrina and Garrett from I Know Dino on our podcast, episode 16. Well, now I'm on theirs. Check it out, episode 42, where we discuss dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, and more. Hello, and welcome to I Know Dino, the big dinosaur podcast. 
where we cover news, interviews, and discussions of all things dinosaur. Hello and welcome to I Know Dino. I'm Garrett. And I'm Sabrina. And today we'll be talking about Styracosaurus. We have an interview with Brad Jost from the Jurassic Park podcast and some news. We've listened to a few episodes and you've got the news clips and sound bites and it's just beautifully produced. You know, these are, are hybrids and they're genetically modified and that they don't look like this in real life. Yeah, I think it's something that people don't like overtly go out and say like, I love dinosaurs. So they're mashing science with gaming technology. Yeah. It looks amazing. I kind of like it to be like a community podcast. There's dinosaurs everywhere. Obviously, everyone's going to have their own story. So please go check out their awesome some podcasts and make sure to follow them on twitter at i know dino also go check out itunes download review and subscribe to i know dino the big dinosaur podcast i'm not a computer nerd i prefer to be called a hacker aren't you supposed to be a genius or something i can't get jurassic park back online without dennis dendron Breaking all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? I spoke with listener Olivia at Livy Doll on Twitter this past week through an email. We had corresponded previously through Twitter, and uh, she finally sent me a great list of items to discuss on future episodes. I won't read the whole email here, but I will sum up a few ideas that you can look forward to hearing in the future. She has a great desire to make you feel things when it comes to the character of Zara, the woman in charge of keeping an eye on Zack and Grey. Now we all know the terrible demise that her character experienced, and Olivia has much more to discuss when it comes to that. She also brings up how strong of a character Claire is, and how she deserves so much more. I think this is really something that we should certainly dive deeper into, as many listeners have voiced the same opinion. Lastly, she brings up the Jurassic fan community and digging into fan fiction. Now, this is something that I haven't really looked too far into, uh, so I'd love to hear more about the varied fan fiction that's out there. Thank you so much, Olivia, for sending that in. I can't wait to discuss all these points with you uh, coming up soon here on the podcast, so everybody stay tuned. If any of you out there have your own voice to express when it comes to Jurassic Park, you can bring it up here on the podcast. Like I always mention, this is a fan podcast. And I am more than willing to share this space here with you, the listeners and the true fans of Jurassic Park. If you have anything to submit, you can either email us to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com or you can give our voicemail a call, 732-825-7763. Now before we go from the listener segment here, I also wanted to bring up our upcoming poll for next week's episode. We will be polling everyone via Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit to find out Which character from the Jurassic Park franchise is your favorite? Now, I think this should be a really interesting poll, as there are so many awesome characters to choose from. We will be going over your favorite characters next week and deciding the ultimate champion. Obviously, the more recent Jurassic World characters like Claire and Owen have been hugely popular, but can they really overcome the likes of Malcolm, Grant, and Ellie? We'll find out next week on the 18th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Keep an eye out and remember that you can always email us or call us with your responses. Thanks for listening to the 17th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. 
I want to thank Dan Karan for bringing up such a fun topic this week. It's pretty fun to think about what each character may be considering during the rise and fall of Jurassic World. I also want to thank Olivia for sending in her email and getting one step closer to joining me here on the podcast. Don't forget to send in your thoughts on the upcoming poll. We want to know which character from all the films rules them all. If you want to find us, we are basically all over the internet now. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. You can also listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. All the links to our web presence are in our show notes. I know I ask you every week, but if you haven't already, please do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. If you want to get a hold of us, you can tweet us at Jurassic Park Pod, or you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you would like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. The number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. So how about uh, Paul Kirby, Mister Mister Paul Kirby? <laughs> oh God! No, no, no! Keep it, keep it. Uh, how... No, no, keep it. So um, yeah, no, wait, no, no. no. I'll, I'll just go ahead, go ahead, do it again. No, no, no! Don't do it. I'll just go. Yeah, just say something because I don't remember what yeah, I. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I got All right. It.